and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about season four, episode 21, Primeval. So (laughs) we're on the countdown to get rid of Adam. Before we start, before we started recording, we're just like, oh, this boring ass episode. But we actually do have an exciting announcement this week. It's a bit of Buffy. It's a bit Buffy adjacent. Is this what I think it is? Yes. Yes. But uh, Paramount Plus, it looks like, has officially decided to move forward with the Carpe Demon television series based Yay. on Julie Kenner's novels. We are so 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 excited. We are Little so nervous. excited. Mostly excited. Little nervous. Yeah. Um. So, and it looks like the showrunner is going to be the showrunner who did Winona Earp, which neither of us have seen, but I've heard great things and it has a very loyal fan base. Yeah. And um, who did Lost Girl. Yep. And I know that like Lost Girl also has this huge fan base. It's held up really well. A lot of people love it. That's actually how I, because, because somebody, somebody had, had posted about it on Twitter and who was a fan of Winona Earp and... Julie had responded to it. So that's how it ended up coming across my Twitter feed. So it's really it's it's really cool that this person who never, you know, didn't really know anything about the series is like, yeah, we're going to bring we're going to bring these people along because we love this. We love this showrunner. So here's hoping that it, you know, we're we're cautiously optimistic. I mean, I from everything I've seen of these two shows, I know the show yeah. itself is going to be great. I know visually it's going to be great. I have no fears about like the casting of Kate and like the demons and everything. My whole thing is just like, please give my Kate and Eric everything they like. I need to see that play out. I need the emotional just seeing that play out. And also Timmy better be really well cast because Timmy is the MVP. Yes. Of oh, he's first. the MVP. He's he's the one that he's the one that keeps everything together. I think it's the thing where whenever you have this niche sci-fi horror supernatural book series where because because they had they you know we we had the Dresden Files and that didn't really work and the casting on that was fantastic like I will say like Paul Blackthorne as Harry was fun you know the changes that they made to it was fun of course Terrence Mann as Ah, Bob and like what they did like what they did to like actually give Bob a, you know, a character arc instead of him just being a skull. But it just, it didn't really work out. So, like, I'm hoping with this modern, you know, we're we're like a decade past that, you know, maybe we can, we want it to work. We want it to work. We want it, we, like, for, for Julie, for these characters, and yeah, for, for us. <laughs> and it's nice because we're not the only people who, who are, you know, it's nice knowing that other people are into this series. Yeah. Um, so, and also Paramount Plus is a, a good platform to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Teen Wolf follow-up series was very well received. Um, their original School Spirits yeah. was very well received. So they, they've got a toe in that, like, horror comedy genre already yeah yeah and i mean they've done they've also had they've also had great things going on with the new star trek series so it's so across that so yeah we're we're gonna be we're rooting for it yes so excited we're rooting for our julie yes and as we learn more we'll obviously tell you guys more as we know more about like casting filming premiere dates all that um i don't know how it's going because it is a Canadian showrunner and a Canadian company. So I don't know if the strike is affecting it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that's a different, I, it might even be a, a completely different union than because it's writers guild writers guild of America is what's on. Strike. Yeah. So I don't know if, because they're, using Canadian company, which makes sense with the showrunner because Lost Girl, Winona Earp, I think we're both Canadian productions. Yeah. 
Um, so it's not just like they're doing this to avoid the strike. It's like, this is the company these people work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how the strike affects it. I don't know if this means we're going to get it sooner rather than later. Obviously, it has literally just been greenlit. The showrunner has just been announced. But yeah, we will keep you guys in the loop as we are in the loop. Yeah, literally a week before this was when we found out that it was greenlit. So there's not like, except for the showrunner, we have no other details. (laughs) But yes, so that's our very exciting news. Um, And now let's, let's get rid of Adam. Let's get rid of Adam. This, oh, for being a penultimate episode, it's just blah. (laughs) All right, let's do it. All right, Primeval, it aired May 16th, 2000. Its synopsis is, it's the final showdown on several fronts as Buffy faces Adam. The initiative battles its demon ex-prisoners, and Buffy's friends must overcome their fears and once again work together as a team as all hell breaks loose below Sunnydale. So what are our foreign titles? Our foreign titles? That, that... That synopsis makes it sound a lot more exciting than it is. Right? <laughs> Much more epic than this episode actually was. In in Armenian, we have Invention, Finish, okay. Initial Fog. Weird. It, well, I think Primeval. I think it's something, you know, it's something with the yeah. translation of that. French, Final Phase. That makes German, sense. The Last Stand. I like that one. Hungarian, Ancient Force. Oh, I like that too. And Italian, I'm also going to do the do it in Italian because I like the way it sounds. But it's Forza. Oh, God, I practice this. Forza Primordiale, Primordial Force. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I don't know. There's a couple good ones this week. Yeah, yeah. Those were those were some those were some good ones. But I also love the I also love Forza Primordiale. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds really good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, of course, we have a previously on uh, basically summarizing the whole initiative deal. Maggie made Adam. Adam killed Maggie. Adam escaped. Forrest hates Buffy. Forrest died. Adam (laughs) recruited Spike and Spike pulled apart the Scooby gang. Now, Buffy's headed to find Riley, who has gone to Adam. After that, it's off to the ruins of Sunnydale High as Buffy searches for Riley, but he's nowhere to be found because, as we said, he's with Adam who tells him that his thoughts are troubled, and he calls him brother. Riley looks like he wants to say something, but he doesn't. Not until Adam tells him to speak. It's then he asks what Adam has done to him. Adam tells him nothing. It was mother, aka Maggie, who planted the behavior modification device. He simply activated it. A chip in his head? Actually, Adam tells him it's right by his heart, keyed into the central nervous system. Again, This would have been a fabulous and interesting idea if they had decided to do something with it before the 11th hour. It's so it's so stupid because, you know, they've you had talking about them having the medication and then this comes up like there. This what's so frustrating about the initiative storyline is they had so many interesting threads and it's it's the same. It's you know, it, it this is a whole season of it. But it's like when we keep talking about the weird, super secret classroom full of invisible children, yeah. you know, if it was tied in because then like you, you find out like, you know, spoiler alert that this is a whole experiment that the U.S. government was doing. Like if you made it seem like this was a whole big thing, like we have a we have one in Ohio, too. We have an installation in Ohio because you got an Ohio, you got the Hellmouth out there doing installations in places where there are high levels of weird supernatural activity makes so much more sense than, oh, Professor Walsh is just this government scientist who had this idea and we didn't think it was a good idea, but we let her play her games and now it sucks. So now we're going to close it up. Yeah, but also like just concentrating on this like one element right like whether it was the medication because apparently that was supposedly how they were controlling them mm-hmm. but now that's also there's like chips in them there were but i think there's so- a chip in- i think it's just riley who has a chip 
Okay, they kind of if it's just Riley. Yeah, even if it's, it's just Riley. There were so many places throughout this season. Like I don't know when he was walking away from Maggie, being like, ex- "Fuck mm-hmm. you, I'm out." That they could have activated this chip. Yeah, but no, no. I just <laughs> the hill I'm going to die on is that they just made up the whole initiative thing as they went along. There was no a, plan. Yeah, there was no plan. There was, and it's it's definitely a lot more obvious when you get to this part of the series, when you get to the penultimate episode, which your big bad is being killed this episode. And then we have one more that it's going to lead us into what's coming up. But this whole episode was just boring and dumb. Yeah. Now, there are a few moments of it that are like very emotionally resonant. Oh, and yeah. We'll talk about that. But like as a whole, this episode was dumb. Yeah. No, there there are a few really good beats in this episode. A lot like a few good points. But overall, for the most part, I, it was a slog. Like I forced myself to go through it again because it's been a while. And I'm like, I I just didn't want to do it. But and if if. If I wasn't doing it for the podcast, I would have completely skipped it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Adam calls Riley brother again and says they have much to discuss. Now Riley snaps. Stop calling him that. They're not brothers. Adam's a botched science experiment. While Riley is a human being who is going to do everything in his power to, Adam tells him to sit. And he does. Adam then tells him he has no power. Not yet, at least. But once he forgets his old life and embraces his destiny, then he'll have power. Ultimate power. Adam thinks he's going to like it. Credits. Still awesome. Probably the most awesome part of this episode. (laughs) We return from the credits to Adam, once again monologuing, this time about the imperfections of the world. Demons are old-fashioned, shy away from things like technology, but humans are emotionally weak. So who should lead them? What? What? Damn, Adam, are you killing everyone or not? What is happening, Adam? So confused. Adam says mother knew the answer to that. It's why she made him. Why she chose Riley. She saw the part Riley would play at his side. Adam tells him to stand and he does. See? They are brothers. Yeah, and it just warms the cockles of Spike's non-beating heart to see them together (laughs) like that. Adam tells Spike he didn't send for him, and Spike says he's not really the being sent for type. He's much more the, I did my part, and I'll get this chip out of my head type. Looking over at Riley, Spike remarks he's a bit stiffer than usual before snapping in front of his face a few times. He likes it. He then starts poking Riley before (laughs) asking what's wrong with him. Adam activated his chip. Ah, so it's chips all around, is it? Someone must have bought the party back. Adam tells Spike that he'll get his removed when the Slayer is where he wants her. Flopping down on a beat-up couch, Spike assures Adam she's all alone. Her friends want nothing to do with her. That's how he wants her. Where he wants her is down in the initiative. She'll ensure as many demons die as humans. Create maximum carnage before she's too weak to go on. Riley tries to protest, but Adam tells him to stop talking. I will say it's nice to not have to listen to Riley for a little bit. This is true. That's that that might be that might be the only because I know like at the beginning I like you know he's just this fun guy this college kid but as the season goes on he just becomes so insufferable. It's only gonna get worse from here too. It yeah oh yeah it's <sighs> Spike assumed that's what the discs were for. Once the witch gives her the info it's right back down the rabbit hole she goes. The witch. Willow, so high, perky, good with maths. (laughs) A natural choice. So she's one of the Slayer's friends. Mm Mm-hmm. The friends he cut her off from. Yep. They won't be talking for a long, long... Hold on. (laughs) Spike might have detected a small flaw. Oh. So he failed. No. (laughs) Spike reminds Adam that he's supposed to be the mastermind here, and yet he lets Spike plan the whole thing. (laughs) Adam says nothing, and Spike continues. All right. Maybe it's best not to quibble over who failed who. The important thing is making sure the Slayer is where they want. Adam tells him to go, and he does. But not before double-checking that they'll they'll do the chip thing when he gets back. At Giles, a very hungover oh Giles. Oh my god, he is, he is so hungover. Opens the door to reveal Willow and Tara. It's super awkward. Until Tara tells Mr. Giles that she hopes he's feeling okay. <laughs> yes, Yes, he'll probably go for a brisk jog later. Is there something they needed? 
That's when Willow says she forgot her laptop and the discs. Ah, stepping aside, Giles allows the two girls entry. Tara stays by the door as Willow goes to pack up her computer. Giles asks if they'll be working there, typing, talking, making any sort of noise at all. (laughs) And Willow, with a small smile, tells him, no. She heads back to the door and there's a few more awkward seconds before they say goodbye and depart. (laughs) So two things to note about Tara. Uh, One, since we've been talking a lot about her clothes, she looks really good here. Yes, for once. (laughs) Yeah, the hairstyle, the lip gloss, the light blue sweater with the long skirt. I love it. It suits her. Um, Unlike a lot of the outfits we've seen her in up till now. And two, despite that all that went on the night before, Tara actually does not seem the least bit uncomfortable around Giles. No. Or put off because, you know, Tara is a goddamn angel. Oh, yeah. Yes. In the dorm, Buffy sits alone on the floor, staring out into the contemplative middle distance. She then gets up and moves to Willow's bedside, where the phone and a photo of her, Willow, and Xander reside. The same photo we've seen all through the series, the three of them on a lawn, probably Buffy's backyard, because I'm assuming Joyce had to have taken the photo. I love that picture. Like, every time... cute. Every time I see that picture, it warms my heart, because it is... You know, sometimes sometimes when you get pictures taken of characters for for a show or a movie, sometimes it doesn't look quite real, doesn't look no. quite natural. They don't look like they're friends. They look like they were just posing for a photo. Yeah, this one looks like maybe they were all like hanging out, having a good time behind the scenes, messing around like it doesn't scream. We just sat down and took this picture. No. It feels like they were doing stuff and having fun and and hanging out. Yeah. And and then they sat down and took the picture. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of the behind the scenes photos of the show look like that. Like you look at all the pictures from the prom episode and it really does just look like kids on the prom night. Yeah. I said like, I know like some of the pictures from the Halloween episodes look like. Yeah. Look just like pictures that you would take so it's that's one thing about this cast that I always loved is anything when you see pictures of them together in character it feels like they actually like each other and are friends yeah she stares at it for a moment sets it down and then picks up the phone as if she's going to call someone but she immediately sets that back down as well instead she goes and grabs her a usable grocery tote full of weapons Uh, that's a weird choice yeah, I, I definitely like the duffel better. Yeah, there's I don't know what it is about the, the the I don't know where the tote came from and why we decided that that has to be what we're carrying around for this episode. But it looks very awkward. A backpack would have been better than yeah. a tote. And she also grabs an axe that doesn't fit in the bag. So she's just <laughs> walking across campus carrying this battle axe. It's all, it's very weird. It's, it's very it, weird. It was, yeah, it was definitely a choice that they made in this. And like Buffy sitting on the floor and stuff. I do, I do want to talk about the emotional resonance of this episode, but I'm going to save that for towards the end because like when I think about it, it's really the elevator shaft scene. Yes. That like comes to mind. So we'll talk about it all. Yes. In Xander's basement of sadness, Xander lays in bed staring at the ceiling Anya apparently didn't stay the night before as she comes down the steps, reminding him that he wanted to check the board at the unemployment office that morning. She stops and checks under the covers before telling him he can't go like that. They won't interview him if he's naked. Xander tells her he's not going. There's never anything good. Maybe he really should join the army. That's when Anya reminds him that the army gets up really early. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Never mind then. He pulls the covers up over his head. Anya doesn't understand. Is this still about the fight he had with his friends? Because that was hours ago. Get over it. Xander starts to explain to her why that's not possible, but decides against it, which causes Anya to continue. So they all think he's lost directionist loser with no plans for the future. Poof. (laughs) Anya, Xander tells her you can't just poof that stuff away. Why not? Because Xander thinks they may be right. That's when Anya climbs in bed with him, laying her head on his chest. So what if they're right? He's a good person and a good boyfriend. And she's in love with him. At that, Xander kind of adjusts his head so he can look down at her. Because Anya does love him. This is such a sweet 
this is such a sweet couples moment. And I this the whole scene with Brendan, he's he is doing a fantastic job here. Like this is, is, you know, you have Willow is dealing with the whole fight situation by getting to work because that's what she does. She's like, okay, we had this fight, but there's something that I need to do. So she's going to get the discs from Giles so she can get to work because that's how she knows how to deal with it. And then you have Xander, who is a very emotional person who is very because these are he feels he doesn't have anything else. So he is going into depression. That is how he's doing it. And I love the way Anya's handling it. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you like she's like, what like, why are you doing this? Like you you people are friends. Why you, you fought now, you know, be friends again. And yeah, sometimes her the way that she handles things is a little is a little brusque because she doesn't know how else to be. Oh, she's she's still learning to be human. And then she crawls into bed with him and snuggles up. And it's just I, and I like I do like her, you know, <laughs> the army, you have to get up extra early. Right? Like that that's an important thing to know. Very, very logical. And it's just it's a very, it's a very sweet moment. And again, I will fight people who don't think that they actually care about each other. Yeah. And you have, and I like Xander at like, he's, he has that moment of like, let me just wallow in my misery right now. I want to be sad. I don't want (coughs) to be cheered up. He needs to be sad. She tells Xander, whatever the, whatever the others think of him, it shouldn't matter. And Xander says, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Buffy's gone to the cave. And while she's found Adam's setup, she hasn't found Adam. Because he's leading Riley through a secret back door into a lab filled with gurneys. Adam says it's here that the new race will begin. Okay, so we've gone from annihilating all humans to being a sort of savior to demon kind. His whole like, tell them I've come thing to the vampires. To now wanting to create a race of hybrids. This Adam, is, this. he needs to commit to one thing. I was like, it's, and that's the point, like, that's the point that we've been making about Adam. Like, there is no cohesive plan that he has. It's so wishy-washy. <sighs> so dumb. Riley wants to know where they are, and Adam confirms they're in the initiative, in a secret wing that only those who needed to know knew about. Apparently, Mother liked her secrets, which is when we see her. Oh. Maggie, now nothing more than an animated corpse. A drone, along with the other doctor. Seeing them, Riley wants to know if that's what Adam is planning to do to him. Adam assures him that no, he is not to be like them. His purpose is much greater. And then we see Forrest, now a hybrid. He sits up and Riley is all, what in God's name? (laughs) But Forrest tells him that God has nothing to do with it. As she's leaving the cave, Buffy runs into Spike. What's he doing there? (laughs) looking for a little weekend getaway place now shove off Buffy warns him that Adam's been using these caves and Spike excellent actor that he is looks very surprised what yeah this is this is another good moment in the episode she found his lair well that's just great the last thing Spike needs is to run into that goon Buffy tells him Adam's cleared out whatever he's up to it's about to go down well look at little Nancy Drew Spike then asks about the discs that had to give her something, right? Buffy tells him Willow has the discs. Okay, well, she better get on that. Can't ignore valuable information just because they fell out. Spike, no, you were doing so well, bud. You were, you were, you were doing good. You, uh... (sighs) Buffy catches that, knows there is no way Spike could know about the fight, but she doesn't say a word. Because she's a better, she is better at keeping secrets than Spike is. She is so much better at keeping secrets than Spike. Oh, Spike. Right. Spike tells her to do what she wants. No worry of his. He heads deeper into the cave and Buffy, she runs off. I know we've explained Nancy Drew here before. So, you know, mm-hmm. girl detective, heroine of her own novel series, started back in the 30s or 40s, still going today. In fact, I think the new season of the CW show started like three weeks ago. Yeah. Meanwhile, Willow's working away at the discs. Tara brings her tea and suggests she rest, clear her head. 
But Willow says she can't. She thinks she's finally on to something. She starts explaining the process to Tara, how she thought it was one method, but actually turned out to be another. As she's talking, the information starts decrypting and Tara says she did it. What? No, she didn't. She hasn't even finished typing in the code. Well, someone did it. Maybe it's set to decrypt after a certain point. That is so annoying. It's like someone (laughs) blurting out the answer to a riddle just when you... She means, yippee, they got it. Tara's not sure they should yippee as she points to something on the screen right before her phone rings. Turns out it's Buffy looking for Willow. Tara's about to just hand the phone over when she realizes she should probably check first with Willow and make sure she wants to talk to her. Riley, he's having a bad day. He's now sitting in a chair with the corpse of Dr. Walsh working on him. This boy is going to need some heavy therapy when this is all over. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we give Riley a lot of shit, but he's going through a lot of shit. He tries to talk to her, but Forrest comes over and says that Maggie is dead. Dead and reanimated with minimal brain function. So mommy can hear him, but she's still a walking corpse. Riley points out, so is Forrest. But mm-hmm. Forrest gives him like this sassy little like, uh-uh, <laughs> finger wag. And I'm like, why oh, is like, dead Forrest better than a live Forrest? I know, I know. Like, I mean, he's still an asshole, but. Yes, now he's a sassy asshole. I hate, yeah, he's, he's a sassy ass. He says he is surging with life and strength. Adam made him to be nearly as bad as he is. He does a few air punches and says he is really looking forward to trying out Riley's girl again, which is when Riley apologizes. But there's no need to be sorry. Forrest says this is the best thing that ever happened to him. He's free of all his weaknesses, his doubts. Forrest tells Riley that Adam's going to fix him up too. That he's got some choice parts. And then they'll be back on the same side again, riding towards a new future. Yeah, no. Riley says that will not be happening. But Forrest tells him he doesn't have a choice. His will belongs to them now. That's not true. Really? Then why doesn't he get up out of the chair and walk away? (laughs) Because, yeah, Riley isn't restrained or anything. He's literally just sitting there. Nope. Riley starts to say they can't control him, but the corpse of Maggie cuts him off, telling him to be a good boy as she injects him with something. No, thank you. No. No, no, thank you. Above ground, Buffy makes her way across campus. Eventually, she meets up with Xander, Willow, and Giles, who is once again wearing an earring. (laughs) Yeah. She asks Xander where Anya is, and Xander says, oddly enough, she didn't want to come, you know, after all the fun they had at the last gathering. Willow says Tara didn't really feel welcome either, which I think is more Tara or Willow projecting onto Tara. Yeah. Fearing Tara won't be welcome. Because like, as we said earlier, Tara was totally fine at Giles and she was just ready to hand Buffy off to Willow immediately. Yeah. So I think Tara was fine. I think Willow was more concerned about Tara. Yeah. Because it was a very awkward moment the night before. I still love, I still love Tara and Anya hiding in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Willow's words give Buffy an opening. Why? Because of the things that were said. Willow nods and Buffy asks who specifically said they were talking about her. Well, Spike specifically. (laughs) But Buffy then turns to Xander. Who told you we thought you were better off joining the army? Xander says that's not exactly what he said. Admitting that it was also Spike. <laughs> Giles says that Spike can be very convincing when he he was very stupid. Yes, all of you were very stupid to listen to Spike. Buffy says Spike played them. He wanted them to fight in order to split them up. All that stuff they said the other night, it came from him. Well, then Giles thinks they should move on. Xander says he's moving and so does Willow. Great. Still, it's all very awkward because Spike might have said that stuff but he was playing on existing fears and insecurities. Eventually, Willow asks why Spike made with the head games. And Xander says he's all dressed up with no one to bite. He's got to get his yaya somehow. <laughs> Buffy, however, she thinks it was more than that. She thinks it was Adam. Spike's working for Adam? After all <laughs> they've... Xander stops. Nah, he can't even act surprised. <laughs> Again, this is... this Xander in this episode is is peak Xander. Like he's Xander in this episode is peak Xander. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. He is. And Nicholas, Nicholas, like a lot of the scenes with, well, with that, with the Scooby gang are the best in this, but Nicholas is delivering peak Xander. 
Buffy said she just went to Adam's lair and he was gone. But Spike just happened to be there. He made a big noise about getting the information off the encrypted disks. Oh, Willow says she just decrypted those. Well, they decrypted themselves. But still, she almost got it. What did they say? Just a bunch of stuff they already knew about 314. But they did mention a final phase where Adam manufactures a bunch of creepy ass hybrids like himself. There's a special lab in the initiative, but it didn't say where. Adam fed those discs. He wanted Buffy to know about his evil guy assembly line. This lab, it's in the initiative. Willow nods. Hidden, but yeah. For a moment, Buffy's quiet and then she'll give Adam this. He thought it all out. Willow's confused. What does she mean? You know how the containment cells at the initiative have been overcrowded? All those easy to catch demons. It's almost like they wanted in there. A Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. Adam's going to have them attack on the initiative front from the inside. Demons versus soldiers causes a huge massacre. And Adam gets a nice little pile of parts from which to build his army. It's diabolical and gross. <laughs> Xander wants to know if anyone misses the mayor and his goal to <laughs> just be a big snake. <laughs> Buffy says she has to get in there. Shut him down. His final phase is about to begin. Giles says they need to warn the initiative. Yeah, but they're not going to listen to Buffy. Riley? He's a deserter. Besides, he got some bad news and kind of took off. Xander has a question. (laughs) Why is Adam so keen on Buffy knowing his evil plan? Because he wants her there. Figures she'll even the kill ratio. I mean, at least Adam respects her abilities, unlike the rest of the initiative. That's something, right? Yeah, yeah. At least he, at least he, yeah. God, because yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to those assholes again later but yeah at least at least for all that adam is the worst of the big bads at least he understands that she is someone that has power and that get her out of the way okay but adam's not worried buffy might oh say kill him no no he's really not back below ground adam says that buffy's coming he can feel it well good on him Got a chunk of prognosticating demon in there, does he? (laughs) Now, Spike hops up on a table. If they can just get his chip out, he'll be on his way. And mind the hairline. He doesn't want to be fussing with a comb over when he resumes his killing ways. Adam doesn't move and Spike reminds him they had a deal when she's there. Riley just keeps glaring. Oh, oh, Spike. (laughs) You really... You're not going to be having a good day, boo-boo. No. At Giles's, the gang tries to figure out a way to kill Adam. They have no lack of supplies, but none of them seem like they'll do the trick. As Buffy sharpens the stake, she tells the others that Riley said Adam was powered by a uranium core buried deep inside his chest, probably near the spine. Great. So all they have to do is ask him to lay down quietly until they do some exploratory surgery. Willow asks, what about magic? Some kind of uranium extracting spell? (laughs) Everyone looks at her and Willow says she knows she was reaching. Giles says he has a paralyzing spell, but he can't perform it. Right. Because it needs to be spoken in Sumerian. He does speak Sumerian, (laughs) but it has to be recited by an experienced witch and you have to be within striking distance. Sir, 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 sir. You are a highly experienced magic user. I know this is about letting Willow have her moment, but (sighs) sir, sir, please. Stop, stop. Stop over, stop under evaluating yourself. Have more, have more confidence in your abilities. This isn't season one where we have witch mom switch bodies with her daughter. You have shown, we met Ethan Rain. Yeah, don't be sitting here being like, oh, I need experience magic user. Sir. Sir. Yeah. Ethan just hanging out in the corner like, really, Ripper? Really? (laughs) Sandra tells Buffy, see what she gets for taking French instead of Sumerian? What was she thinking? (laughs) Sandra says what they really need is a combo, Buffy. Her fighting prowess, Giles' language skills, Willow's magic. Giles turns to Sandra and he's all, I know, I know. But Giles says, no, he might be onto something. I'm sorry, is that, is that Sander? Once again, Mm -hmm. being the Mm -hmm. key to saving the world? And granted, you know, he was being flippant about it, but he had a great idea. No, no, I think it was. But no, he's useless and never, never contributes anything at all, ever. Also, um, the line, so the line where they're talking about languages, the line was especially 
originally supposed to say that Buffy took Spanish. But apparently it was Nikki that remembered that Buffy took French. Oh, okay. And so using his knowledge yeah. of the continuity changed it. So, yeah. you know. Just and once again. Who knows all around. Yes. At Lowell House, Buffy and the others stroll through the front door. Sander carrying a duffel full of supplies and weapons. See, much better than the grocery tote. Yeah, I that was so, that was just and you know what the grocery tote of supplies wouldn't have been so bad if she wasn't carrying the battle axe i just want to know what people thought they're probably like it's that weird chick again like <laughs> i mean yeah like oh there goes there goes that freshman walking around with a battle axe last week it was a sword they all think she's part of like the medieval. Like. Yeah, yeah. They they think it's it's not a it's not an actual battle axe that could hurt. It's just a very good reproduction. Willow asks if he's nervous, and he says, "Nope, he is just full of the kamikaze spirit." That's when Giles tells him that just because this is never going to work, it's no reason to be negative. <laughs> Willow frowns. The joining spell isn't powerful enough to defeat Adam. Oh no, it's very powerful. It's just also very dangerous. They come to the secret spy elevator and Buffy tells them game face is on. They're going in. She kicks through the mirror, revealing the shaft. Slowly, Buffy and Willow rappel down. Buffy checks in on Willow and she says, this is great. What was she thinking using the stairs all those years? (laughs) They continue and then Buffy says her name again. No, really, it's not as scary as she thought. That's not what Buffy was going to say. She wanted to say she's sorry. She hates that things have been so strained between all of them. And Willow tells her it's not her fault. Spike stirred up trouble. Yeah, but the trouble was stir-upable. She thinks they all sort of drifted apart that year. And Willow admits that, yeah, maybe they did. A little. But you know, first year of college. It's hard to keep the old high school gang together. But Buffy wants it together. She misses Willow and Giles and Xander. And it's her fault. She's been so wrapped up in her own stuff that she's been a bad friend. Willow tells her that she's the Slayer. Her stuff is pretty crucial. Mm -hmm. She met Riley. And, well, Riley. Mostly. Willow admits that she hasn't been misavailable either. She kept secrets. Hid things from everyone. That's not her fault. She was going through something huge. Willow wanted to tell her, but she was scared. Buffy says she can tell her anything. She loves her. She's her best friend. Willow says Buffy too, and the two girls hug, which causes them to start falling a bit faster. (laughs) They reach the top of the elevator and standing hug some more. Buffy making Willow promise to never not talk again. She promises, and Xander finishes his repelling, reaching the two girls. Side note, Nikki looked really good in that shot. He did. Yeah. Whatever angle they shot him at, it was just, it was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately, they both start hugging him, telling him how much (laughs) they love him. Frowning, Xander takes that as a sign they're all going to die. <laughs> no, they just missed him. This really does feel like a season finale episode. Yeah. He hugs them back and he looks up to where Giles is still making his way down, telling him that he needs to hurry. He doesn't want to miss this. <laughs> I feel forever cheated. We did not get to see the full group hug with Giles. I know. I know. It was, I I love this scene from, from the time that, Buffy and Willow are having their heart to heart while they're rappelling down an elevator shaft. Like it is a very yeah. fun moment between friends. And it just happens to be when they are doing something very dangerous. And then I like, and then I like Xander's, oh, oh, we're, whoa, we're <laughs> going to die. This is, this is, we're saying goodbye. Yeah. So this, this is, this is the scene I want to talk about. Um, I was 17 when I saw this episode, uh, about three, maybe less weeks away from graduating high school and leaving my best friends. And some of those friends and I had been on the outs earlier that year and had made up. Some of us were still on the outs and would be for 20 some odd more years. And because of that, and because of how I felt then, and because I have, I feel now, having finally just had this, like, elevator <laughs> moment with some of those friends. 20 years later. Um, this scene will always cut deep in my feelings. Mm-hmm. Because at 17, this is this is what I was terrified of, that we were going to go off to separate colleges, and that we'd forget one another's, one another, and that our lives would shift so that we just 
drifted apart. We didn't, as you all know from listening, Jackie's still stuck for me to this day. Sucker. <laughs> but yeah, that was my, the fear. Yeah. And, you know, now having had a period of time where stupid shit and the point we were all in our lives at 16, 17, 18 did force some of us apart for a long period of time. It just, it all rings so true. And I mean, like we say it all the time when we have scenes like this is that this is why this show remains so powerful and so relevant 25 years later. Yep. And yeah, like everything, like, and like I said before, so much of the interactions with the core three teenagers feels so real. And like I said, with, like I said, with, with that photo that they took, it just feels like, you know, yeah. When everybody expects, everybody expects actors who are working on a show to be the best of friends all the time, which they're not because you're coworkers, but the way that this cast interacts on screen, the fact that you can believe that they're real that they're friends. Yeah. They can just be, you can see these three out on your own college campus and believe that they're friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and a lot of, the, and I mean, a lot of the cast was, yeah, a lot of the cast yeah. is like Sarah and Allison and Emma are all still very oh, yeah. close. Yeah. But a lot of times, you know, day. a lot of times people have these expectations that, yeah, actors are going to be best friends forever. You know, it's a very rare thing for it to happen, yeah. but yeah, like you believe that you've always believed that Xander Willow and Buffy and even, you know, and then you get Giles and you get Tara and like everybody, you know, it feels like these characters care about each other. Mm-hmm. All down there, Giles and Xander work to pry the doors open. Buffy reminds them all to stick together. As long as they do that, they should be fine. As they get the doors open, they find themselves facing several initiative soldiers, all with guns pointed at them. From their little hidey hole... Adam and Spike watch as the initiative soldiers lead Buffy down a hallway. Spike calling it must-see TV, a (laughs) reference to the NBC lineup of the 90s and early 2000s, which included things like Friends. Well then, bait's been taken, trap's been set, and the Slayer has landed. Guess that means it's time for a chiparectomy. Adam doesn't stop watching, and Spike is all, hello, doctor owes me one, which I had to turn the subtitles on for. Because I first thought he said Obi-Wan and I was yes, like, yes, that's yeah. a weird reference. I, yeah, I had, I had the subtitles, I had the subtitles on when I was watching it just because I have a very loud child and I don't always hear everything. But yeah, even with the subtitles on, it seemed like he was saying Dr. Obi-Wan. <laughs> Apparently we just have you in on the brain. Oh, we, always, always. Like there, there is not a day that goes by that I don't think about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right? Adam points out that the Slayer is not alone and tells Spike he has failed him again. <laughs> That's one way Fuck of looking at him. it. <laughs> What's the other way? Spike attempts to flee only to be stopped by Forrest, a hand around Spike's throat. Come on. It's not like he wasn't trying. That's something, isn't it? Adam agrees. It is something. And so he will honor their agreement to remove Spike's chip by ordering Forrest to rip off Spike's head. <sighs> Forrest slams Spike down into a console, intending to do just that, when Spike jams the cigarette he had been smoking into Forrest's face, causing him to release him. He flees, and Forrest goes to pursue, but Adam says leave him. There's nowhere left to hide. Meanwhile, Buffy and co. have been taken to the colonel. Buffy starts to explain, but he tells her to shut up as he goes through their bags. He says they cannot just keep wandering into a military installation, brandishing weapons like... He pulls out a gourd with runes carved all over it. Willow helpfully points out it's a gourd, and Giles (laughs) clarifies it's a magic gourd. What kind of freaks are they? Buffy tells the colonel he needs to listen. Adam is there in the initiative. All those overcrowded containment cells, courtesy of Adam. He's pulling a Trojan horse. They need to, the colonel tells her, nice try. Every part of the initiative is under 24-hour surveillance. Even the secret lab. (laughs) Everything. What secret lab? (laughs) The one Adam has been using. The one that was built for the final stage of the 314 project. At his blank look, Buffy realizes he has no idea about the final stage. The colonel tells her he knows everything that goes on there. Obviously not. No, he really doesn't. No. A tick on a mouse couldn't sneak in without him knowing it. If Adam was there, they'd know. 
And if he does show up, they're ready. Really? Giles wants to know how they plan to get close enough to him to remove the power centaur. The colonel is quiet for a moment and then thinks. Hit him simultaneously with multiple taser blasts. Incapacitate him with as much voltage as they can muster. Xander says, great plan. It's right up there with duck and cover. Buffy's seen Adam hit with multiple taser blasts. He feeds off it. And now they want to provide him with an all-you-can-eat buffet? Is she telling him his business? Buffy steps forward. This is not his business. This is her business. Which, you know, is what we've been saying all season. That's what, yeah. Like, it's, it is hilarious how bad they are at what they think their job is. You know, there can be, I mean, as much as I like, you know, seeing the U.S. military get shown up by a, you know, teenage girl and her meddling kid friends, it, like, I would like to have a unit of the military that understands that there is shit going on and that actually are like, hey, there is more than just point and shoot at these things and capture them and and incapacitate. There is a lot wrong with this situation. And here's this teenage girl who is fighting. So instead of making enemies with her, they should be like, okay, fill us in on our information. What are we missing? But instead, we got this colonel who is just hilariously incompetent. <laughs> because in one in one scene, he's in one moment, he says, oh, I know everything that goes on. Oh, well, what about this secret layer? What secret layer? But then again, is like, Nothing gets by me. It clearly it does. Like it's it's he's breathtakingly dumb. The initiative came into her world, not the other way around. She tells them that the initiative, the Pentagon, they're all in over their heads. They're messing with primeval forces they don't understand. And she does. She's the slayer. They're playing on her turf up there, maybe. But down here, he's the one who's in control. Is he? He, oh, he is just, he is just obnoxious. Like, he he deserves everything that he gets. Because uh, right then, the power goes out. Emergency lights coming on. It's great timing. Like, uh, that's beautiful, beautiful timing. One of the soldiers tell him the main grid is down and that backup isn't responding. They're locked in. A knowing look passes over Buffy's face. She told him. From his hidey hole, Adam futzes with things, taking each section of the initiative off the grid and letting the demons out, right as a soldier and scientist enter the corridor. They're immediately killed, blood splattering everywhere. The same soldier from earlier mm-hmm. then confirms that containment units have been breached and that the hostiles are loose. How many? All of them. <laughs> Buffy once again says it's Adam and tells the colonel that she is the only one who can stop him. He has to let her go to him. Get his men out while he still can. He's not listening. Instead, he rounds his men up and leads them off towards containment, reminding the two soldiers that are left behind that Buffy and the others are under arrest. So funny, funny thing. Well, is it funny? I don't know. A bunch of people just died. Funny thing is, um, <laughs> you know what? We'll, fuck, <laughs> fuck those guys. Uh, we'll see a moment much like this. The, the scene in the containment unit uh, later on in the creator's movie Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Yes. Which is one of my favorite horror movies. It's it is brilliant. Brilliant. I'm not going to. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it because it has fantastic twists. Absolutely recommend it. I yes, I know we're, we're trying not to do too, too much. That the creator did, but for all that he. Oh God, why do why do people who make good things have to be such assholes? I don't know, but it has Bradley Whitford and uh, it does. Sabrina and Bradley and Chris Whitford. Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth is in it. in it. It seems like it starts out like you're going to think it's just your regular run of the mill kids in in a cabin in the woods. But it is so much more than that. Of course, the moments he's gone, Buffy knocks those twos out and takes their weapon. <laughs> they need to find Adam. Well, he's on it, taking a seat behind one of the consoles. Giles says the joining spell is terribly complex. They'll need someplace quiet and close to Buffy. Quiet? Xander's not sure that's going to be possible, as the security footage of the other areas just show chaos. An all-out war between the demons and the soldiers. And it kind of looks like the demons are winning. In the middle of all of this is Spike, and I love how it like goes to slow motion as we see him fight, like yeah. battling demons as he works, and he's just trying to get the hell out of Dodge. Oh yeah, yeah. He's not he's not helping out. He just wants to leave. 
Back in the control room, or wherever they are, Buffy asks Willow how they're doing. Willow says she's found some vents and electrical currents running to the area behind 314, but technically there's nothing there. Then that must be where Adam in the secret lab is. Can she unlock it? She doesn't have to. All the locks in the initiative have been disabled, except the exits. Great. So they know where they're going. Now they just need to get there. And so they enter the fray. Buffy clearing a path for them by knocking down demons and soldiers alike. I will say, as much as I hate so much about this storyline, it is cool how they managed to stage this huge battle scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because um, we know they used an actual airplane hangar for the initiative. Yeah. So they had the space in the room to choreograph and organize yeah. all this. And yeah, it, it all- pays off. All of the all of the extras, all of the stunt people that they got for this scene. I mean, this is the rest of this episode, you know, like I said, is absolutely (laughs) boring. But once you finally get to this final battle at the initiative, it does pay off. I just wish the rest of it was wasn't so mind numbingly dull. Everything about the initiative. I mean, we've said it all season. There was so much. I mean, we had that scene with the invisible children. So you know that they had the government. Somebody had things being studied. So why are these assholes so completely unprepared? (laughs) Why are they so bad at their jobs? Why are they so bad at their jobs? Like, it's... Anyway, let's go. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Reaching 314, the gang heads inside and it is much quieter in there. They move towards the back, and after moving some canisters, find the hidden door. Buffy says once she's in, barricade it behind her. Will the room they're in work as Magic Central? It should, provided they don't get blown up. How long will it take? Five minutes or so? Then she'll move fast. Xander says he still doesn't like her going in there alone, and she tells him that she's not. This whole ritual, which we're going to talk about more in a second, yeah. um, I like to call it the Sailor Moon moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that. She heads through the door and the gang seals up the room. As Buffy reaches the secret lab, she sees Riley still in that chair. She goes to him. Is he okay? Why won't he talk to her? Say something. Adam says he can't. He's not programmed to. He's part of the final phase now. As she was supposed to be. Again, something we never heard until this point. Uh, Yeah. Like, we saw, like, the doctor and Maggie talk about Buffy a lot, but never in the idea that she should have been part of the final phase. Yeah, like this, this feels like Adam's last minute decision. This is true. Adam's probably trying to be a thing yeah, for Yeah, because, you know, like, this is probably Adam being like, oh, look, she is powerful. Let's make her into a hybrid or whatever his newest fucking scheme is. But yeah, like, if if it was like Maggie had an idea, like, you know, Maggie would have yeah. not treated Buff, once she found out Buffy was a slayer and everything, you know, probably would have gone a little bit better. So we're just going to chalk it up to being Adam. Sorry. She doesn't really jump through hoops. Never been one to toe the line. Oh, well then. Adam says kill her. And grabbing her, Forrest says he thought he would never ask. <laughs> he holds Buffy tight as the animated corpse of Maggie Walsh advances on her with a bone saw. Thankfully, she manages to get free and push them away, which begins a fight as Willow and the others perform the ritual, calling upon the first Slayer, asking her to accept them as mind, heart, spirit, and hand, asking them to lend her their primal sh- her primal strength. The fight in the lab is pretty brutal. Forrest is now almost on par with Adam, and he's giving Buffy a beating, but she's hanging in there, doing her best to keep afloat until the ritual is done. Riley calls to her once, but Forrest orders him to keep quiet. Watch as he kills his girlfriend. That's the moment Riley's had enough and he fights against his conditioning, grabbing a shard of glass and using it to carve the chip out of him. All while the ritual continues. Willow as the spirit, Xander as the heart, Giles as the mind, and Buffy as the hands. She is also the vessel, the one they want to inhabit. They call her the daughter of Sinea, the first slayer. Riley just about has the chip out, which is good because Buffy's not doing so well. I mean, I will get I will give it to Riley. That was pretty hardcore. Yeah, that was very... Riley is hardcore now. Yeah. I mean, he, he went through a lot in a couple episodes, so I, I can give him that. Okay, that's great. My computer was telling me that we have polluted air. I'm like, that's oh. nice. Oh, one of, one of those things? Oh, yeah, I love that. Like, like, the warning that sunset was coming is probably my favorite. What you know about the vampires? <laughs> yeah. 
Riley just about has his chip out, which is good, because Buffy's not doing well. Forrest, along with the other doctor, and Maggie have her down on the table. Is that all she has? No. Riley grabs Maggie and pulls her back. She has him. He throws Maggie and the doctor back. Forrest is impressed and lets up on Buffy. Look who's come off the bench. Getting up, Buffy tells Riley she needs to get to Adam now. Is he able? He tells her to go and he does. Riley then advances on Forrest, leading to a fight between the two of them, all while the carnage still rages outside. The colonel realizing there is no winning this, the colonel realizes there is no winning this and orders his men to fall back. Adam, meanwhile, continues to watch from his hidey hole. (laughs) That is until Buffy appears in the doorway. Fun, huh? He does find it all interesting. Good. She attacks him, but he slaps her down. She's right back up, though, and ready to go again. They fight. He throws her into a wall. And as she's getting up, he gets that handy-dandy skewer ready. Only she breaks it. Oops. Broke his arm. It's okay. He has another. And here we have the stupidest part of this whole stupid thing. Yep. Because Adam goes like full cyborg, turning his arm into a machine gun. I can't. It was dumb. Yeah. Dumb as fuck. Dumb as fuck. I made some upgrades myself. Like, shut up, Adam. That was, no, that was, that was too much. That was where, that was where we jumped the shark. He shoots at Buffy and she runs, diving behind a console. The ritual concludes just in the nick of time because Adam blows up that console, but Buffy remains untouched and she is now all of them combined. She stands and Adam says she can't last much longer. They can because they are forever. She begins to recite the spell in Sumerian and he in Sumerian and he says, "Interesting. Even more interesting is the force field that seems to show up when he fires at her." <laughs> she needs to move fast though cuz demons are trying to break into where the others are and Riley and Forrest, they're still going. Forrest wanting to know why Riley is forcing him to do this. Not that he's not enjoying himself, but Adam isn't going to like it if Riley's killed. Riley, meanwhile, has has grabbed a flammable tank and is wailing on Forrest with it, knowing Forrest will try to take it. And when he does and lifts it over his head near the exposed and sparking wires, Riley dives behind some metal gurneys. Forrest realizes why all too late. And bam, (laughs) there goes Forrest up in a fireball. Adam continues to shoot at Buffy, but she stops the bullet, turning it into doves before forcing his arm back into just that, an arm. The two advance on each other, and this time Buffy kicks his ass. Adam wants to know how. He cannot begin to understand the core of their power, but his. Buffy punches right into his chest and tears out the uranium. Is right there. Adam falls and Buffy stares at the core as Riley enters. He calls her name, but she's not done. Levitating the core, she evaporates it into nothing. He then approaches and she falls into his arms, the joining ended. (sighs) Okay, so Doug Petrie does admit that he had the Matrix in mind when he was writing this. And Mm -hmm. I think that's very apparent from Buffy's little trick with the bullets. Yes. Very very Neo-like. He also said he wanted it to have a James Bond kind of feel. I didn't really get that. I think the only the only thing that I can feel about James Bond is rappelling down the The, elevator shaft. Okay, because like I think he was also jamming out to carry on in his office because this is so very much the end of the first series of Sailor Moon. Yeah. When like all the scouts join with Serena and lend their power in order to defeat Beryl. Like every time I watch this episode, it's all I see. I'm like, this is a Sailor Moon moment. But speaking of Doug and Super Buffy and the joining, uh, we should talk a little bit about the inspiration for Super Buffy. So the inspiration for Super Buffy is Promethea. Promethea is a comic book character created by Alan Moore for DC Comics. She is a young woman from Hellenistic Egypt whose father was killed by a Christian mob in 5 AD. She's kind of immortal, sort of, in that she is brought into the world using a vessel whenever someone uses their imagination to make her real. And the latest vessel, the one the series is about, is a college student in 1999. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this idea of an ancient being, an ancient power being called forth into a college girl, it kind of inspired the whole super buffy thing. Anyway, the gang is about to get attacked. But wait, there's Spike fighting (laughs) off the demon that was going for them. Nasty fellow. Lucky for them he was there. 
quite. Though Giles thinks his heroism might be slightly diminished by the fact that he was aiding Adam in starting a war that would kill them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Xander adds that Spike probably only saved them to avoid being staked immediately. Well, duh. <laughs> Did it work? They're tired. Too tired. <laughs> and so they all just get to their feet. Excellent. Everyone's good. No one's getting staked. Go team. Now, I like how they're like, we're too tired. We're too tired to deal with Spike right now. We just want to go home and take a nap. <laughs> so much so. The door opens and Buffy and Riley come through. Willow and Xander immediately go to her, hugging her. Wasn't it amazing? She was great. They were great. Riley says they still have men out there. Well then, Spike says they should all go get them. <laughs> Buffy ignores him and starts giving orders. She'll take point. Is she up to that? Oh yeah. As they leave the room, we switch to Washington and a meeting of the higher ups and someone telling us how the initiative was an experiment, an attempt at studying and controlling the other world, using them for military gain. In their eyes, the experiment failed. The rest of the speech we get as voiceover, heard against battle scenes, the initiative lost 40% of its ranks, and it was only due to Riley and Buffy and the Scoobies that the losses were not total. We see Graham in those shots, so we know he got out. Yay, Graham. The irony of the situation, he hopes, is not lost on anyone. Maggie's vision was brilliant but flawed. Demons cannot be harnessed and controlled, as we see one killing the colonel. Good riddance. (sighs) For the very end, we're back in Washington, and we hear their recommendation. The initiative program is to be terminated. The soldiers let go or reassigned after signing the standard NDAs. The civilians monitored in case they try to go public, but he doubts they will. Yeah, we know (laughs) these these particular civilians are not going to go public. The facility is to be filled with concrete. He tells them to burn it down, burn it down, and salt the earth. And with that, we fade to black. The end. Thank God. We are finally free of Adam. (sighs) And just in time for the cheese man. Oh, I am. (gasps) I am exhausted as well. Just right. we're we're done with Adam, man. See, I would have liked the shady council. Like, OK, so we have a shady council. Like what's I know, I, I, I kind of had my rant already about the shady <laughs> council and how they were, you know, Maggie. Well, I will say like Maggie Walsh, she had a good idea. But when you when you listen to the shady council talking, it makes it seem like they were humoring her like she is a child right you know like the whole like the whole studying and like i said the whole studying the phenomena that's going around and even i can even get behind you know okay we want to try to find out ways of adapting what these creatures have adapting it for military gain you know that's a that's a very old concept of integrating supernatural but the way they have absolutely no respect for what's going on and that they're that they think they know everything. And here's this girl who obviously knows a lot more than they do. Like, do they not have researchers? Apparently not. You know, and that's why, like, I think it was interesting in The Lost Slayer that they ended up working with the council. They yeah. ended up they ended up recognizing that we are in we are in way over our head. We 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 thought we knew things, but we know absolutely nothing. So like I, I like that in that universe, they ended up having to work. And I mean, yeah, the the military, because it's America, they had <laughs> I wasn't really. <laughs> I wasn't. It's America. It wasn't really. It wasn't really meant like that. But because you're on American soil, you have to go by the American government. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, now no. we were gonna you know like oh now we're gonna nuke this town which it's it's funny because i had watched the movie the crazies not too long ago <laughs> and there's an outbreak of something that just drives everybody bonkers and that's the thing that they were gonna do is they ended up nuking the town so that it didn't get out of control so i'm like oh that is a very let's just nuke one of our people so we don't have to deal with the problem i mean they were gonna do that in the avengers exactly yeah like, so Nick Fury was like, mm, this is a stupid decision. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
of all like Nick Fury. Yes. Like, <laughs> like I recognize the council's decision and it is a stupid decision. Oh, anyway, we are finally done with Adam. At, all at, right. like, at least like at least all the other big bads had like we know what we're doing. We, I have this go- like, yeah. like Xander said, does anybody miss the mayor who just wanted to be a giant snake? Like that's all he wanted. He just he wanted at to be least, a giant snake. You know, the master had goals. The mayor had go- like, we just need more goal oriented bad guys. Well, next season we get a very goal oriented. We guy. do. We do. Like it's going to be a refreshing from Adam. <sighs> <sighs> That's it for this week. Thank you all for listening and make sure to join us next time when we take on season four, episode 22, Restless. Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!